0: Hey, what's up? It's your boy Anthony Cass Clark and welcome to another edition of Thoughts Over Coffee Daily Good People of the World. What is up? I hope that all is well. All is well on this side. Today, back with another episode, back with another interview. My guy, commercial real estate agent Astro. Astro is someone who I met a couple of years ago and um we we kinda got reunited at a food truck uh a food truck event that I was doing and uh he mentioned the podcast and and I invited I invited him on as a guest and um it took about a year for this to happen. <laughs> um I, I ended up sending him a message. And I was like, you know Astro it's time man let's do it. So he came by the office and Astro he put it on the table, man. He put everything on the table. He put his whole story out there for us. Uh, he, he he told us a lot. He gave us a lot of gems, a lot of information. Um, just an all-around amazing story of a kid who had goals and dreams, and 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 did everything he could do in his power to accomplish them. And where he is now is an amazing place, and he just keeps growing and growing and growing so lots of information packed in this one man i'm really proud of this episode had a great time talking to astro shout out to astro now listeners thoughts over coffee gang coffee gang 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 let me know if you really enjoy these interviews because i need to know which ones do you like better interviews or the clips i mean i personally like interviews better but i know that people like clips also so we'll be doing a good mix a good variety of them. So don't worry. Your favorite clip episodes won't be totally eradicated. We'll be doing a mix of them. I just definitely want to talk to real people. Get this uh information from local people, local stories, and then it's gonna go way past local stories. And nothing wrong with local stories. But we're gonna get bigger names, we're gonna get bigger guests, um, just people of influence that you know. Um but my guest, I love all my guests and I feel like every guest that I have on is for a a very, very unique purpose. Each person has something that I love about them that I feel would benefit our listeners. So whether it be Astro, whether it be Chef Boy Ali, Chef T. Will, Pastry Chef Nadia, uh, and so many others that are coming along, trust me, you don't want to miss these episodes. Share them with somebody because they don't want to miss them either. Um, And uh, share this podcast with somebody. Please, do me a favor. Share it on Instagram. Uh, You see me post it on my Instagram story. Just repost it for me. I appreciate you guys who are doing that. And I appreciate you who is going to do it. So, uh, without further ado, I think we should get into this episode now. Here it is. Follow the trend. Featuring Astro. Here we go. All right, so, we're here. We have Astro in the building.
1: You already know. Yes, sir.
0: My man is here, man. Finally. A uh, long time coming.
1: <laughs> I know, right? I think um, as I'm remembering the day that we met, mm-hmm. it was an event that you were hosting over in, uh, I want to say in Overtown.
0: Okay. That's where we met? Yeah, that's where we met. Wow. Man, look, yeah, yeah, my brain is bad. Yeah. So I know I know people and we've built relationships and things like that, but like when people are like, oh, how we met? I'm like, bro.
1: How we met. Yeah. So it was during Black Tech Week. Yes. Okay. We were hosting an event. I think uh you had like uh four people on the panel. Yes. And then uh as far as like how you were facilitating the event, I loved it. So Appreciate I was just, it. like saying to myself, okay, this guy does marketing and so man. you know, I think I need to uh, at least get his uh information so we could just connect. Yeah, him. okay. And then, you know, we reconnected yeah, over yeah. to um what was it? Uh I think it was the, um, the food truck yeah, event. Yeah, the food truck event. Yeah, that yep. was, was there. Myself, my girl, yeah. I was there creating then, content. Know, yep. Yeah. You were creating content that day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was there okay. creating content. All right, what, right. What, so yeah, so uh just seen the moves, man, and always respected it. So, you know, that's what it's all about. I appreciate it today, man. Boss. I yeah. really do I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. That's huge, man. So you're here. Um we've been talking for you know, shoot, over a year now, trying yeah. to figure out how we're going to do this. When can we meet up and talk more about what you do? You know who you are because I feel like you you add a valuable a valuable gem to to our community, and it's it's a must that we get that information. You being a commercial real estate agent, you know what what do you officially go by? What's your title? So I am a commercial real estate.
1: You know what? I think I am an entrepreneur at the end of the day.
0: Yes. That's what it's about. I love it.
1: I'm an entrepreneur. I love it. I look at the way in which I can create value Mm. um, so that by adding value, it also creates opportunity uh, for myself and others in which we can profit from that. Preach. You know, so with that being said, you know, I can go by as a commercial real estate agent, I can go by as a person who's sold stuff online. Talk, but at the end talk. of the day, you know, the most important thing is, is that I'm an entrepreneur. I so, love it. you know, that's where I get it from in terms of like my father. Mm-hmm. And I've just been carrying that through since, you know, I guess I want to say like 2011 or something like that from okay. the day that I left uh, working a job. So, nice. Okay. Yeah,
0: so yeah, let's yeah. talk about it. Right. So let's, let's bring it all the way back. Where okay. are you from?
1: Originally, I was born in Brussels, Belgium.
0: Yeah, I know, right? Far Military? out there? No, no, no. So, my
1: mom and dad were going to uh, school over there. My dad was going to med school over there. Wow. Um, just to kind of take it back, my mom and dad are from Haiti, the north coast of Haiti. Okay. And uh, my pops did phenomenally well in a test, which, which would be equivalent to the SATs. Okay. It's called the baccalaureate. Okay. So, he did pretty well. Got a opportunity to go to school in Madrid, Spain, which he did. So went to school in Madrid, Spain. But then at the same time, his friends were like, hey, look, you know, we're over in Belgium. So we're like, hey, uh, might as well just go over to Belgium since, you know, he has like more friends over there. And he enrolled in med school in Belgium while in med school. He saved up some money. And my mom was in Haiti, so he stacked his money up so that he can uh, get my mom out of Haiti and enroll her into an all-women's nursing school. Wow! And um, you know, I guess you know, one thing led to another. Boom, 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 boom I'm <laughs> in the mix. <laughs> Yo, yeah, top of the Belgium. Very okay. much so. Very right. much so. But I've been raised in. Um, south florida all my life so okay. i wasn't there long enough to even know what was it like
0: and right. so forth so okay yeah. so so you're born in belgium correct. and then you come over to the u.s yeah as a, as a baby how old were you
1: uh pff, months old okay yeah okay
0: so they started a new life in south florida correct excuse me no so you're starting a new life in south florida what brings them to south florida uh, my dad
1: had family over here mm-hmm. and then he also saw opportunity like any other immigrant, you know, they see the American dream. Mm-hmm. So he was basically trying to achieve that. Mm-hmm. He already had existing um, sisters and brothers over here that made their their, their way over from Haiti into the uh, United States. And Miami being that, you know, so close to Haiti, yes. it was like the the best way to go about in terms of just like finding opportunity, creating business over mm-hmm. here. And that's why he said, you know what? I'm coming to Miami. And then also the weather plays a big role. Of into course. It. Yeah, yeah. Right, so right. He spent like almost eight years in Belgium in that cold weather. So, you know, mind you, he's from Haiti. Right. So it's predominantly hot most of the time. Right. So to go back to another cold setting, I don't think that was on his uh, task list. Right,
0: yeah, right, So Okay. All right. So South Florida. So what's the, what's the goal when he moved to South Florida for his uh, family? Well, as far as my dad. Was. Yeah.
1: I think at the end of the day, you know, it was all about just making sure, you know, he can uh, provide for his family, you know, Mm. and that's, that's really the name of the game. Once you have a newborn and, you know, you have a wife, you know, the, the, it's all about survival mode. So, you know, how can I provide for my family? You know, Mm. so that was his MO and moving into Miami, at least for his perspective, would have been a more seamless route. Um, But it definitely had its challenges. So, you know, it's like any other person, you know, you're going through life, you know, you have your ups, you have your downs, you have the experiences that most people kind of go through as an immigrant, you know, trying to like, you know, figure out how to work the system. Right. And that's what his goal was. And, you know, he's still, I, I believe he's accomplished it, but at the same time, he's always working, you know, he's mm-hmm. always looking for more, you know, seeking more. He's mm-hmm. all about the education. Is he
0: still, is he still in medical?
1: No, no, no. He's in real estate, okay. which got me into real estate. Ah, so we'll, yeah. and we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll get definitely.
0: there. Okay, cool. So, growing up, South Florida, Miami. Yeah, North um, from the Beach. The North Carolina, NMB. Yeah, Shout yeah, out to everybody, yeah. NMB. Uh, yeah. Especially Flow Kid, who claims to be the savior of oh, NMB. Oh, Flo Kid, man. Shout out to my man, Flo He's Kid. Official. He's Love official. Love Flow Kid. Uh, so, yeah. So, NMB, what's that What's that like growing up? Like, who are you as a child, and like, what are your passions?
1: So, as a child video gamer... Of course. Hardcore. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, played outside a lot. Yeah. Not on the phone as this generation. Yeah, no, of course is, not. You know? Right, right. We got um, dirty, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I was living in um, the part of North Miami Beach where it was predominantly with um, the Jewish culture. Okay. So that was pretty interesting um, seeing their culture and how they interact. They were um, a few of my neighbors that were Jewish. They were actually the ones that actually got me into sports. Mm. Um I actually lived in um a neighborhood where there were Dominicans, Asians, Jewish folks, Haitians, Bahamians. So it was like quite a cluster. Right. But at the same time it gave my family the opportunity to experience culture. You know, right. and that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that was a, a cool setting, if you will, as far as like the backdrop yeah. of me. And um as I was growing up, you know, I went to um, JFK middle, um, Paul Palm elementary, and then eventually graduated from North by Beach Senior high mm-hmm. class of four. Mm. And, um, yeah, that was pretty much it, man. Wow, but it was man. a solid background as far as like childhood. Didn't really have too much, mm. you know, uh, things that, that led me into any, uh, issues as far as like growing up. Right. So, right. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So
0: graduating high school, what's the plan?
1: Um, so it's 2004. I'm in between. Trying to either go to FAMU. Right. And then at the same time, um, I had a whole bunch of friends that were already going up there that summer. And I'm just like, shit, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then my dad was just telling me, like, hey, you need to get into appraisal. You need a skill in your hand. Mm. So I'm 18 years old and um, I enroll into Gold Coast, in which I become a residential appraiser. Um, And literally that's where it kind of like starts off. So that summer, I became an appraiser and I started working with my father and I was attending Miami Dade College. So the idea was is that you either go to fam and you know you don't really have, you know, can I curse? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have shit in your hand but just like a, a dream to get a degree or you can stay in Miami, get a skill mm-hmm. and then you know uh, make some money and right. then still attend college and right. not have to deal with uh the 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 idea of paying rent and so no, forth. So right. I was like, uh, I'm gonna do that. So uh-huh. that's what I did. Okay. So yeah. how's that
0: process? Was that like
1: the process was interesting because as an appraiser, the idea is is that you're trying to find out value mm-hmm. out of a property, whether it's a commercial property or residential property. In this case, I was focused more on the residential side. So as an appraiser, you go by certain approaches. Um, it can be a sales comparison approach, um, a income approach or it's a comparable approach. Most of the time people identify it as a comparable approach where we're like comparing a property with, you know, maybe in the same bracket of like the date it was um, developed, Mm -hmm. um, um, the many bedrooms and bathrooms, um, the the size of the property. And we as appraisers come up with a valuation as far as like, okay, this property is worth Four hundred thousand or this property's worth, you know, three hundred thousand, whatever the the price point may be. Is, right.
0: So Right. Okay. So you become an appraiser. Yep. Um and you're eighteen years old? At that eighteen, point? yep. Okay. So are you younger than your contemporaries or
1: I was the youngest appraiser in my class and at that time I didn't know any appraiser at my age, you know, at eighteen, you know, so I think it was a good skill that my father was just, like, yeah, you know, blessing. giving me. Yeah, it's, a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, he's it's a, a blessing. He's, like, probably, like, the biggest impact in my life, you know, next to my mom and Shout my sister. Shout out to Pops, man. Yeah, 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 big time, big time. Yeah,
0: father fathers play such a huge role, especially in the black community, bro. For sure. It, you know, I feel I have a special place in my heart for all my friends who don't have fathers, or who didn't have fathers in their lives, because... Fathers are able to just direct you in such a way that your mother just can't. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you, like I remember when I was 18 and my father was telling me that I need to do this. I need to do that. Of course, some things I just didn't listen to, but his voice always rang as a voice of like authority and truth in my head. Correct. You know what I mean? In a different way than my mother was. So, you know, very valuable, man. So, as your 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 appraiser, as eighteen years old, what are you doing? Are you thinking, okay, this is going to be my life, or are you looking for opportunities past that? Or what's going on?
1: I think I was caught up in in just trying to figure myself out because mm-hmm. you know, at eighteen, there's not too much. At least for I, I'm speaking on my behalf, mm-hmm. but it's not like uh this was going to be what I was going to do forever. So my plan was. At the time, become an appraiser, go to school, um, and get into medicine somehow, some way, and then you know, eventually become a plastic surgeon. You know, uh, that okay. was the idea. Okay. And you know, where did that come from?
0: Plastic surgery. You
1: know, you watch just you know, one TV, look. It's worth you know. a thousand yeah, 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 words. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you that commercial, yeah, yeah. especially during Jerry
1: spring Oh <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, That's when it always popped up. Exactly. You know. Oh, it was spending yeah. Millions of dollars of advertising. Very much Jesus so, man. Christ. I, I'm sure they've be doing beautiful. Oh my you know? god. Every company. Right yeah, but they changed, they changed the theme song. Oh really? Yeah, it's not that anymore. Oh, so what is We're, it? Now? I don't know. I can't okay. But that's all I Just know. <laughs> it's worth a thousand <laughs> words. Did <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah, man. laughs> it right, so you want to be a plastic surgeon? What, yeah. So yeah. what inspired that?
1: Um I don't know, bro. I couldn't tell you. I think at the end of the day, it's probably um, you know, I look at plastic surgery as art. You know, so the idea to where you can sculpt a person to their best version of themselves, mm. you know, that's that, that kind of intrigued me. Mm-hmm. But then when I started looking at the amount of time to stay in school for that, mm-hmm. I was like, nah, bro, I can't do it. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I, I just can't <laughs> do it, man. You know, that's like years of yeah, my yeah, life, yeah. you know. And, and when you're we
0: 18, everything seems so long. For it's real. Like, for wait, real. What, I'm going to be 25?
1: What do you mean I'm going to be 25? Exactly, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. you don't realize that, you know. We were just 18 yesterday, and now, boom, I'm 33. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) exactly. Time's moving. Exactly. Yeah, 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 man. Okay,
0: so um, you're looking at plastic surgery. You're looking at other options. Um, So what's next? I mean,
1: how do you? Yeah, so I'm an appraiser, and I wasn't doing the volume that my father was doing uh, because he was an appraiser himself. Mm -hmm. So um, I was just basically taking um uh, the information that I was learning and then at the same time I would also do field work with him you know just like seeing all these different properties you know like I've seen properties that were like in the hood and then I've seen properties in prestigious areas and then you know creating that value as far as like understanding what the valuation goes it kind of like you know leads me into like where I'm at right now as far as mm-hmm. like understanding value because that's really big when it comes to not only uh, real estate but also life as well so um a lot of lessons learned as an as I'm an appraiser. However, I didn't feel like I was doing enough in terms of like um financially wise. So I ended up getting a job and uh my first uh like a really, really official job was was working at Olive Garden. Okay. You know, so I worked at Olive Garden as a busser. Okay. And that was um pretty interesting. My dad hated it, you know, if anything, he was trying to send people to, um, purposely, (laughs) you know, uh, throw food at me and stuff, you know, so yeah, he was, he was, he was, he didn't like it at all. But the thing was, is like, for me, I was like, I'm empowered because, you know, I'm doing the appraiser thing. I'm working as a busser. And then at the same time I'm getting money, I'm thinking I'm getting money, you know, but really I'm trading hours, you know, for, 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 for money. And that's not the the case, you know? Right. But
0: I do think that, I mean, of course it's not necessary. It's not, you know, necessity for everyone. But there is a lot of value in being young working in those environments, right? Of course, Such as of course. McDonald's. My first job was Arby's. Arby's? Uh, yeah, and okay. I moved to McDonald's. And fries
1: are so delicious. Oh my, listen, yeah. man, you know,
0: let's take a break real quick. Yeah. Let's talk about Arby's. Right. Okay, Arby's is the most slept on restaurant yeah, in U.S. Yeah. history. Very valuable in the South region, you know, in some of the Midwest. You know, people love, you know, they love Arby's, you know, roast beef, things like that. Yeah. But for big cities like us, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, uh, New York, people don't respect Arby's. Mm. And then, um, you know, they've sold the company since and they have a whole new marketing plan. You know, Arby's, dun, 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 we have the meats, yeah. which is a more modern way of attacking, you know, the consumer base. We, we talk- have the meats. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. I get it. But I'm an OG Arby's fan. All right. this is before Arby's had commercials. Right, yeah, you had to know what to order. We had the secret menu. We had the uh, what's it called, the cordon bleu chicken cordon bleu wasn't even Yo, on the menu. They had that. Yeah, it's not even on. The, it wasn't on the menu. Oh, you, you crap. had to know. Okay, right? you had to know. You had to be of
1: like that in and out situation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. right.
0: So huge Arby's fan. Uh, but I just the whole point of this rant is just to give credit to Arby's. Great mm. food. Listen, man, fries. You get the cheddar sauce with the fries. You know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah cheddar yeah. sauce with the fries. Hot cheddar. Yeah. Um, at number two, the uh, beef and cheddar, onion bun, onion cheddar bun. Actually, I
1: mean, where are you getting the onion bun from? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: no. Who does that? You know? Come on, man! And that's Arby's. It's know? Arby's, man.
1: That's how they separate themselves. Yeah,
0: come on, man. So respect Arby's out there, all right? If you yeah. if you don't eat Arby's, you know, swing by as you listen to this podcast. You're driving to work, whatever you're doing. Swing by Arby's, go to the drive through, pick up a number two. Tell shout them
1: the Arby's. Yeah, tell them Cass Watch your Arby's give you a sponsorship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need that. You know what I mean? Listen, man, shout out to the Arby's. They, they 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 gave me a nice p- paycheck when I was fifteen. Very much so. All right, let's move so. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Where were we? I don't know. I don't know. This is we're still recording. Yeah. I lost good. I lost myself thinking about Arby's. Where were we before Arby's? Um, I
1: guess we were talking about like first so, job. Value of fast value yeah. of fast
0: food. Yeah, because you get in the mix with other people. The same age as you, right? And you see where everyone else's life is going. So you start to hear more conversations like, "Hey man, I want to do this," or "Man, I'm in school for this," or "I'm going to do this with my life." And then you start to meet so many different personalities, and those things start to actually like sculpt you as a person, correct? Right? Because like for me, I'll speak from my personal experience. Working at McDonald's was the worst experience of my life.
1: Really. As opposed to Arby's, Arby's is great. Okay, uh,
0: because it's very it's slow. It's like low volume, um, very low volume. You know, the highest time was like eleven o'clock, where the seniors come to eat. Eleven a.m. Seniors, okay, yeah, and then they're out by twelve thirty, and then for the rest of the day and night is dead. But uh, more importantly, I guess the staff was older than me, so I wasn't really around my peers when I got to McDonald's. I was working with, oh my God, the ratchets of the ratchets, there's right? There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that because I I learned a lot. Exactly. But one thing, one thing that taught me was, okay, you can't get trapped here mm. because th- the people who work night, they were like 35 and up, 40, 45, 50. They were easily the young people that I was working with in the daytime. Yep. They just got older and they're yeah. still in the same exact spot with the same exact mentality. Damn. And I was like, oh, this is an interesting dynamic. I don't want to do this. I remember working at McDonald's and they would call you while you were in school and say, hey, can you come in? And you're like, I'm I'm at school. And they're like, can you skip during lunch? What? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they really had this crazy culture and there were kids who were falling into it. And I was like, well, this is not what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. And then I got out of that, but it taught me a lot because it taught me a lesson. Like, okay, this is obviously something that you don't want to do for the rest of your life because you can get stuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I guess it taught me like a level of elevation, if that makes sense. Big time. But yeah. Yeah,
1: on. I think I I share the same sentiment with you because when I was working in hospitality, you know, I was working as a busser and I did I also worked as a host and eventually became a server. Mm-hmm. You know, you start to recognize like, yeah, you know, you can continue to climb on up, but then at the same at the same point there's a ceiling. Yes. And my last job, when I was working at the Turnberry Isle in Aventura, I was working at a restaurant called Cascada Grill. Okay. And the the beauty of it was is that I saw what wealth looked like mm. because this is a well, let's talk a, about it. Yeah. Exposure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was resort. It was a resort, but then at the same time, it was also a golf course mixed mm-hmm. in with mm-hmm. a hotel component. Mm. So, you know, you have that beauty of it and uh, working in the restaurant portion of it, I saw literally, you know, where the wealthy folks actually, you know, hang out Mm -hmm. on the conversations that they Mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. So me being at the Turnberry and me knowing that I'm I'm an entrepreneur by heart, I'm like, shit, man, I can't last long in this thing, you know, Mm -hmm. so. I said to myself, you know, I, I'm gonna give myself a time limit, and then eventually I uh, left. I think a year and a half, maybe almost two years, or something like that. April f- April 1st, 2011, on wow. April Fool's Day, uh-huh. where I literally walked to everybody, and I was like saying, "Man, you know, I don't think I'm gonna stay long." And then, you know, they were like, "Oh man, you know, you're joking, April you're Fool's, joking, you're joking. <laughs> bro." Let me tell you, it's 10:30 in the morning. I got this English couple over here asking me, they, would get, they they were calling me AJ at the time, my initials. Uh-huh. AJ, I need some cranberry juice, please. And and my son needs some ketchup, you know, ketchup. And <laughs> That's I was a great like, accent. oh That's man. And then, you know, I got this dude from New York over here is asking me like, hey AJ, I need some coffee. I need some right. coffee right now. And my mind is like, yo, do I really want to do this shit right now? Right. So I sat back and said to myself, you know what man this is it so it's 10 30 i go up to the manager that was on the floor and i'm like hey look bro man i appreciate the time and the effort and also the opportunity working over here but i gotta go man and he was like i already saw it and i was like all right bet so i gave him a handshake gave hugs to everybody people thought i was joking bro and i even (laughs) went over to the gm at the time and then shook her hand told her like hey i'm leaving she said do you think you need just like two or three weeks you know just to kind of recuperate i'm like nah i'm done I'm done, yeah, and then you know just been on this path ever since. But it takes a lot of guts. Oh, for sure, for takes sure. a lot of guts for sure because you don't know what the fuck you're gonna do, you you know? do. You're like, um, all right, I just quit, and I feel good, you right? Know? Right? And I go home, and I'm like, all right, so what's next? <laughs> <All right.
0: laughs> Listen, you feel great for 24 hours. Very much. The so. next day you wake up, you're like, oh, yeah, like everybody is still on this path of uh, I guess I don't, don't want to say normalcy, but Everyone's on the same path, right? wake up nine to five, go home, this and that. I am totally outside of that yeah. without a instruction manual. yep. How do I build some kind of life for myself? How do I build some kind of structure for my life
1: and that's And that's what came to me because that's what I was dealing with. I was like, okay, I don't have to wake up six in the morning mm-hmm. you know and prepare for mm-hmm. the breakfast shift. And then also might do a double, you know, for the night shift. Right. So instead I'm like in my bedroom trying to figure it out. And, you know, I'm looking at all these different courses. You know, I go on, um, it was a core, it was a, it was a website called linda.com yeah, yeah, yeah. Linda's yeah. still great. I'm looking to kind of build a new skill and uh-huh. so forth. And I only had about like, I don't know how much thousands of dollars I had in my bank account from just like saving from the Turnberry, but at the same time, I'm like starting to recognize, like, hey, the, the the bank account's starting to go down, right? And you need to find a skill as soon as possible. And bro, it was it was tough. It All right, really so let's tough. double back really quick, yeah. right?
0: So when you're quitting the Turnberry, yeah, um, you didn't have a you didn't have a plan, you didn't have an LLC established, so or anything like that.
1: So while I was working at the Turnberry, a friend of mine, um, his name is Jason uh, Galar funny guy. Um, he's my boys from, from elementary. We ended up creating a a website. We created a few websites. Um, one site being a tube site, um, which obviously everyone knows, you know, especially if you go on, you know, your, your X videos and your porn right. hubs and so forth. So we created this one tube site and from creating that tube site, we bought a script, which was basically just like the whole template of the of the website itself hired a programmer to like you know make the script work for our site and literally we were like all right cool let's do this and we went live but the problem was nothing came through as far as like traffic goes uh-huh. so we we're like okay what's the next best thing to do so I'm at work and Jason was like working on the site and he's like hey look what you need to do is based on my research you need to run ads, and they were like, "All right, man, let's go run some ads." So we start running some ads, and bro, I think um the first day we ran an ad campaign, it was from some publisher. I forgot uh-huh. what the publisher's name. Bro, we gained about like forty thousand views in like less than four minutes. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. So like, it literally changed the narrative as far as like, oh, okay, we went from no views to forty thousand views in a few minutes. So that was like the entry as far as like making me say to myself like, oh man, I got to get out of the turn bear. I got to get out of working this server uh-huh. job, you know, but that's where my mind was like, all right, you know, this is not going to really work out. So we just kept on testing other websites and eventually we uh, created this uh, website called um, uh, Jiffy Upload okay. and Jiffy Upload is like basically the the predecessor for your Dropbox. Okay. You know, we were like an online storage. Wow. And um, we came up with the idea and we literally, I think it it happened probably maybe like from the time Jason was talking about it to where I want to say a week afterwards, we were up and running. Wow. And we ran that site for like a few months. I think working websites was while working as a server was motivating me to get out of it as Mm -hmm. quickly as possible. So while we were doing Jiffy Upload, we were learning so much. We were learning about servers. We were learning about um, how much space, you know, that, you know, from all the traffic that we're getting, how it can affect, you know, our servers. And we didn't know about cloud space at the time. So we were paying, I think, a $1,000 a month. And then also we started paying for... SEO, search engine Mm -hmm. optimization, and we hired a dude from India who was charging us another thousand, and we learned that you know we were getting you know raped. Raped. (laughs) (laughs) So the idea was from the website was that we would make money from the ads um because we were placing it next to uh the download link so okay. you know they would click on it Oh the yeah, by mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the idea but then also we were trying to make uh um profit from you know the uh subscription. So mm-hmm. there was like a 9.99 subscription. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 name of the game was just the cash flow. You know, just trying to get the subscription, get the ad money and we were making something but nothing to the point where like we can You know, say like, oh, you know, we made millions or anything like that. We did it, you know, far from it. So when once the the website didn't do well and I think I poured like maybe like 20 grand into it from just like (laughs) busting my ass working at the Turnberry. It was at that point where I was like, damn, man, I just can't do it. Like, I really thought that this was going to be my way out. And I guess that led me into April of, you know, April Fool's Day, where I was like, bro, mm. I, I just can't do this, man. Okay. I gotta quit. So. so,
0: you quit. How much money do you think you had in your bank account when you quit?
1: Uh, maybe like 15 or something. Okay, 15 yeah. grand. Maybe 15 grand, yeah. And that. then
0: did you have like rent, things like that? It's no, no, weird. no. I was still staying at my mom and dad. Perfect.
1: Um, probably, I think a month afterwards, my cousin was working at the Ritz Carlton. And he was telling me, like, hey, look, man, I got a discount at the Ritz Carlton. Let's go over to Puerto Rico. And have some fun. I was like, "That you know, let's do it. Great, man. you know, I'm not working, great, I ain't doing shit, <laughs> you know? So we go to Puerto Rico, oh, spend a week man. over there. It was lit. It was lit. It was lit. Uh-huh. You know, love Puerto Rico. You know, haven't been back since, but yeah, it was lit. And then I come back thinking, like, okay, just had a great vacation. Yeah. I'm back on my grind bruh what grind what What grind who i was fooling you know so jesus christ yeah yeah so that's what i was going through at that little period of Uh time
0: okay so you say you start researching trying to build a skill
1: yeah so i ended up um i guess i ended up starting to look more into um getting back into the appraisal world and the i guess we got to go back a little bit so Mm -hmm. From 2004, from the time I graduated all the way to 2009, I was, um, I was licensed as an appraiser. But during the 2008 uh, crash. market crash, uh-huh. you know, the banks actually reform- reformed how the appraisers would get business. Mm. So you had to, instead of getting business from a mortgage broker, if you will, you had to go through a, an appraisal management company, also an AMC. So it was like, kind of like layering a middleman in between from the bank's to the appraisers. So right. it wasn't direct anymore. Right. And with that shift, excuse me, made it harder, made it harder. Um, didn't understand the shift itself. Uh, put a hamper into my father's business as well too. And that's where uh, him and I and our, and our family, we just had to like kind of refocus our, our energy into just like building real estate, you mm-hmm. know? And that's where I think after the crash, that's what led into buying duplexes and triplexes over in Little Haiti. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, eventually just like kind of like creating a portfolio. So
0: who who was doing that? Yeah. So your it's
1: both me and my father, okay. you know, so we're now like, okay, we're understanding that there were previous mortgage brokers that we were getting business from that knew that the market was just like tanking from 2008, 2009, and they were burning money left, right. And they had these properties. And they're literally just sitting on properties where they're like, hey, look, you know, I'll give you this property for X amount of dollars. Right.
0: And it was dirt. For the low. low, for it the very cheap. Low. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like Detroit prices. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To Detroit. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> They're still in a recession. because. <laughs> well,
1: you know, Detroit is actually in a, in a transitionary period right now. Good. Where, like now you're starting to see more redevelopment in the downtown corridor. I was there yeah. um, in 2015, 2016, and also I think 2017, if I'm not mistaken. So I've been actively looking for stuff in Detroit, but the what I wanted to get in Detroit, I wasn't mentally prepared for it. So now I'm in a different state mm-hmm. of mind, where like you know, when I do go back, you know, it's 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 just to create value and also be able to profit from that. Right, so, right, yeah. That's okay. the Name of the game.
0: So to Detroit, okay. So you get these properties for cheap, you and your yeah. father. Uh and then are you like, oh, this is where the gold is?
1: No, you know what it was. I think. Um, it's, it's when I started dealing with the tenants is where I was like, Oh, this is different. You know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we had this, um, tenant, that was from Europe, our first tenant, cool dude, dude saw that, um, we were doing, um, yard work. Uh, and the guy was, we had this one guy that was cutting the yard and then he comes up, drives by and he's like, Hey, you know, is this for rent? And we're like, Oh, not yet. And he said, well, I need a place now and stuff, you know? And then, my dad was like, "All right, boom, so we're just gonna create a lease, and then my dad created a lease, and then we signed it with that guy, and then he was there with us for like maybe like a year and some change, and I was our first tenant, you know, mm-hmm. cool dude, so the entry of not just acquiring a real estate but dealing with the person that's gonna pay you was the 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 i guess the the change for me because I'm like, Oh wait, so you mean to tell me we get this property." you're going to go put in eight to 12 hours a day and part of your paycheck, you're going to give a piece to us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah." Right. So, you know, that was mind blowing to me, Uh but it didn't really resonate with me all the way through. It was just like, wow, this is cool. This is cool. So I guess, you know, it, it definitely made me well aware that, you know, people do make money like this, you know? Mm. And I was thinking to myself like, well, damn, you know, what if you had an apartment building? What if you had, mm. you know, more units and stuff? So it was very, in the beginning, just very like low scale, just like, you know, one unit at a time and so forth. And then just growing it, you know, and continuously growing it right now. But, you know, as far as like my family goes, you know, cause those are the ones that I've been investing with We're we're now looking more into commercial now because of the amount of benefits that you get from owning commercial real estate mm-hmm. and so forth. So I, I love residential, but at mm-hmm. this, it, at the same time, it just doesn't do what a commercial property can do right. in terms of just like tax benefits, uh, more cash flow, the uh, depreciation that you can write off, mm-hmm. uh, the appreciation that you can gain from owning it, mm-hmm. you know, for some time. So that's where I've kind of like shifted my vision as far as like getting into Real estate, but not only just getting real estate, but just focusing more on the commercial aspect of right. it. I mean, if you think about it right now, we're in a commercial building, you know? Yeah, it right, really runs so much. And you know? think
0: about it, you have companies like, I mean, even though we work as a terrible business plan, ah. uh, <laughs> but the, the essence of what they try to do makes yeah. a lot of sense, Yeah. right? So you get these commercial buildings, such as the one that we're in, and then you take... I don't know how many units are in this building, but 50 to 75 leases, right? And then those people are paying you're paying a mortgage to whoever, you know, whoever Correct. owns the building. And then you're making all profit, right? Basically. But, you know, we work has done a crazy job as far as how they're scaling it, and I think the uh the issue is the actual CEO, not the actual business, um but yeah, that's for another day. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much so. <laughs> but yeah, that. that makes sense. They make a lot of money in it, for sure. Okay, so Building, getting properties and things like that with your family, and is that what you've done since then?
1: So we, yeah, yes, and I've also done more as well. Where, while, and I, I guess we got to go back a little bit into the Turnberry. Yeah, I think. Um, well, we can go back a little bit back from the Turnberry all the way to Fountain Blue because I worked at Fountain Blue as well too. Okay. Um Owned by the same family as well, but the the interesting aspect of it was once i started to see how like you can repurpose a building to where you can have a restaurant on the bottom units up top is mm-hmm. whether it's residential or a hotel offices you know offices you know in in commercial real estate they call them mixed use buildings so the idea was like damn this is kind of interesting you know and then after i left um fountain blue and went over to the turnberry And then I'm sitting in terms of just like looking at it like, oh, this is crazy. You know, I'm seeing a resort and I'm learning about the person that created it, Don Sofer, and how he pretty much the the, I guess they say that he wrote the idea of of Aventura on a on a bev napkin.
0: You know um, what? I'm tired of everybody <laughs> with this napkin story. All right, how many napkins are there? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Listen, yeah. I have never written on a napkin in my life. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> why is everybody writing on napkins? I don't know. But, anyway. man,
1: but he, if to to write what he thought about on uh-huh. a napkin. Yeah. I want to know where that napkin is <laughs> right now. I want to see you all know. his napkins. Let me get that napkin Right, off, right you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah. you know, working at the tournament, it really was where I really, like I said earlier, like I saw wealth and I was like sitting back saying to myself, like, man, I'm a server here, but I need to kind of like learn how this all kind of like came about. And um, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. I'm also um, serving uh, Don Sofer as well, too, because, you know, he owned the damn place. Right, right. So, you know, I would... I guess what I would do is is that I would just, like, give get him some coffee and then just kind of, like, go back into, like, my little space. And whenever he was ready, you know, for anything, I would just, like, come back to the table. But the beauty of it was is that he was always dropping knowledge with his mm, friends. He and you was just, dropping so much knowledge. I was ear hustling. Ear hustling. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. So he was dropping knowledge to his – I don't know if they, they were his friends. I'm not sure how he operates, but there were people that, you know – from the golf course, they would come in and sit down and Pierce, breakfast just yeah yeah, for the most part, and I got to say, man, some of the conversations that he would say it would just be so subtle and simple, like as far as like you know, I went straight to the source, um because I remember one time this guy was like um saying to Don, he was like, "Hey, Don, how did you get the eggs with the with the with the, with this and that and so forth He said man, I didn't go to the middle man, I went straight to the source, and as simple as that sounds. I always, like, remember that, you know, mm-hmm. and I would always, like, kind of apply it into my life, mm-hmm. you know, even to this day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hearing certain stuff like that, and then eventually, um, I caught him on a good day, because he rarely talked to anybody, you know, so I caught him on a good day, and literally, he had um, these two ladies sitting um, side by side next to him, and he, I was serving him at the patio station, and he was literally uh, just chilling, you know, just vibing with his little... Little blonde chicks, mm-hmm. and then um, I was like, Man, you know what, man, I'm on my entrepreneur shit. Let me just holler at this man right quick. I said, Man, Mr. Sofer, you know, um, what would you say as far as like aspiring words to like an entrepreneur, you know, who's who's trying to get to the next step? And then you know, he kind of looks at me, he said, Where are you from? I said, Man, I'm from Miami. So you're Haitian, right? I was like, Yeah, he said, Yeah, a lot of Haitians work with me, and then next thing you know, um. He kind of sits back a little bit. The girls are kind of like side by side sitting next to him. And this man breaks it down to me. He said, man, look. Um, and I got to do it in his voice. Yeah, please. Um, he was like, you got to follow the trend. You got to follow the trend. Look at what Microsoft has done. Look at Bill Gates. He followed the trend. Look at Michael Jordan, what he's done to the sport of basketball. You got to follow the trend. And when he said that, I was like, okay, all right, bet. Hmm, interesting. I didn't take it all the way in, but I just like ran with it like, okay, follow the trend, follow the trend, follow the trend. And this is a billionaire. Right. So, you know, you're going to listen to a billionaire. Oh, yeah, you know? 100%. So I, I said to myself, okay, follow the trend, follow the trend. And then I kind of looked at how he's positioning himself in terms of creating this city and this is a master plan city, a community, if you will. So I'm like, OK, he followed the trend. He recognized that the city of Florida was event- excuse me, the state of Florida was going to eventually be an opportunity for people to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, the weather's great. Uh, there were a lot of re- retirees, you know, coming over here, but at the same time, there was going to be a new generation that's going to move over here. Right. And he caught the trend. From late 70s course, to the 80s. Of course, of course. The 70s and 80s, he caught the trend and created the city of Aventura. Right. So with that being said, I think that when I was looking at what he was saying and kind of like looking at his path, I sat back and said to myself, you know what, man? F it, man. I got to figure my, my whole follow my trend thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my whole motto, you know? My dad instilled the entrepreneur in me. My mom gave me the work ethic, you know, um, God gave me the love. Let me just kind of like put it all together. And then, you know, I've been on, on this path of following the trend for it. the longest. I love it. Saying, yeah. I
0: love it. Wow. Follow the trend. Yeah. Okay. So as for what are you, what are you up to now?
1: Now I am more in commercial than I've ever been before. I just finished leasing up an entire retail plaza called the shops in 19th street. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you um i was working with a developer um, his name is james man really good dude he's also like my mentor as well too and um it was his first project but he's been doing a lot of residential so he just wanted to veer into the commercial world
0: but you guys have the same yeah. same goal yeah same goal is to Let's pretty move much into commercial. create
1: create create a commercial building and lease up that commercial building and at the same time be able to um you know, gain the benefits of owning that commercial building. At least I don't own it yet, but, you know, um, not owning it yet, but just owning a commercial building myself. I wanted to kind of like be part of that that story, you Mm -hmm. know. And in that area, it's literally on Northwest 19th Street, just north of Sunrise Boulevard. If you're familiar with yes.
0: it, yes, yeah. So is it by the Lolly Mall or that side? No, or no. Or... We're
1: actually east of that. Okay, so, so if east. you're like on 31st Ave, Northwest yeah. 31st uh-huh. Ave, uh-huh. and you head east, yeah, um, on 19th Street, yes, yeah, we're there after the uh, church. We're next to that park. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm gonna yeah, check it yeah, out. Yeah. I know, I know yeah, the area. Very much okay, so. I know the area. So the idea was was that we would create a a a, a tenant. A tenant base that would be profiled to, to um, be for the people. And with that being said, it was like, okay, how do we go about and making sure that we have the right tenants for this area? Because you know this area is kind of underserved. Right. So we were saying to ourselves, okay, let's go about and create necessity based things. You know, so that's where the nail salon comes in. You have a restaurant, um, which is called Pleasure of the Sea. You I think, are yeah, at, I know exactly what it says. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You have a a um, clothing store called Wildlife Apparel. You have a bakery called Yummy uh, Yummy Bakery, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And then you have a auto tag company and a um, a beauty salon. So seeing that that tenant pool would work for that type of area mm-hmm. was the idea, uh, as far as like you know creating that value for the community, right? And with that being said, we've definitely done that and executed. But now it's all about, okay, well, what's next? And next for me is to get into development where right. like instead of me being, you know, the lease manager or the broker in the situation, now I want to be part of the action. You know, I right. want to be part of the equity. Right. And then I also want to be part of like, you know, the entire process, you know. So right. my 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 perspective about working in real estate has been to now partner up instead of just getting mm, a damn fee, you know, like yeah. a brokerage fee or something like that. No, 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 no. Right, I need yeah, fam, I need that equity. Right. You know, let me get in. Pay you me an equity. Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. I need exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I understand that in order to be able to have that conversation, you have to bring value to the team. 100 percent So my value is is that I'm sourcing properties. I'm creating conversations with Uh, municipalities from all the way down to Broward up to Palm Beach or Mm -hmm. even in the Hillsborough County area Mm -hmm. where I I, I like I like Tampa as well too the idea is is that I can bring value and yeah I don't have the funds to really play the development game but at the same time if I can bring the property in a nice well package and partner up with another developer Mm -hmm. not only I can partake in the general partnership of the of the project but I can also partake in the cash flow of it, partake in the developer fee, partake in creating that experience, you know, because that's what it's about, you know?
0: The greatest analogy I've heard about, uh, you know, bringing value is, I believe it was T.D. Jakes. Uh, He spoke about it. I featured the clip on the podcast a couple episodes ago, but he was saying, he was like, why are you approaching people who have hunted who have killed wolves, who have killed lions, who are wearing the furs that they actually, you know, that they killed, right? And if you come in and you're like, hey, I, I want to sit at the table with you all. It's like, no.
1: Exactly.
0: Where's your lion? Where's your wolf? Come in here bloody and then put put some prey on the table and then we'll have the conversation. Exactly. Then we'll respect you. Exactly. Right? What have you done? What can you do? Can you feed us? You know, Are we going to be feeding you? Correct. So you know, I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah, I I look at where I don't want a person to give me fish. I'd rather you teach me how to fish. But in order for you to teach me how to fish, I gotta bring something to the table that lets you know that hey, there's some fish to be right. received. Right. Know? So here's the fish, and here's a pool of fish. How do we get this fish? Mm. You know. So the the partner that I'm working with or whomever in the future, they're going to recognize, okay, well, this guy's bringing fish. It's a lot of fish, you know? So sure, I, I don't mind partnering up with you. I don't right. mind, you know, right. showing you how to fish. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, I want to be able to give that same opportunity mm-hmm. for others to be able to fish as well. Too. Right, 100%. So that's what it's all about. Value for everybody, everybody has to eat, eat,
0: man. Everybody, everybody has eat. to eat. Okay, yeah. so I love what you're doing, man. I really do. So what's what's next for you? So I know you're jumping into commercial real estate and like you said, you're being a part of the projects and you're getting that equity on your side. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in the next uh, five years?
1: Five years, I believe that I will be a real estate developer developing mixed-use buildings alongside with I, I guess maybe retail buildings as well too. The idea is is that I want to be part of the process and create the the experiences for those that are going to be in these buildings whether you're a tenant or a residential tenant or a a uh, business tenant whatever the case may be is I'm creating that experience because at the end of the day When I think about some of the projects that I want to embark on and some that I'm actually, you know, uh, working on as we speak, you know, I think about like, okay, if I'm part of a development where I'm developing a a apartment building, I'm thinking to myself, like the amount of experiences that person is going to be creating in that space, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to sleep, they're going to eat. They're going to have friends over there. They're going right. to cry. They're, gonna right. They're going to make um, love. They're going to laugh. There's so many different experiences that are going to happen in mm, those four walls. This is such a deep way of yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, Very much so. So to be able to have the opportunity of creating that experience for others is, like, mind-blowing to me, you know? Yeah. Because babies might be made in that right. space, you know? So it's like, why not be part of the process of, like, creating experiences, so in order for me to do that, I'd rather do that in a building. You know, some people may create experiences from music and art and painting. Well,
0: we have the same, like, this is so amazing yeah. to me because this is the same exact explanation that you have for what you do is what I, what I have for what I do for marketing. It's all about creating experiences. exactly, Even down to the smallest things. For example, we were talking about earlier, uh, one of my clients, world famous, the egg rolls. Yep. I want to create experience, right? Someone works a job nine to five, whatever they work, they're coming to this place to eat this food. I want to be the person who connects them in their normal life to this product that will provide them happiness. Exactly. Right. Then that's one. And then step two is in what way do they experience this product? Did they encounter this product online? How did this advertisement make them feel? Did it give them genuine excitement? It's all about, people's lively experiences, right? That's what makes so. a life, yep. your experiences. You're only a collection of your experiences. So the fact that you and I can affect someone's experience by what we do is just unbelievable. It's, so mind-blowing. it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing, yeah. yeah.
1: I, and, and something that you just said, too, is the fact that, you know, where you're connecting that person who may have not known about this, you know, to this product, that's the essence of marketing, you know, mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. you're talking about working with a um, world, um, world famous, world famous. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think about Chinaman. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, yeah, right. right, Like right, Chinaman right. and the egg rolls. Right. right. Yeah. But um, what I realize is that when you're over at those food truck events, you know, that, he, that he's doing, you know, he's a salesman. Yeah. You know, he's Natural a born. true salesman. Natural born salesman. He's talking about stuff. He's talking to customers. He's talking to his people in the back. You know, he's giving out orders and so forth, and he's just selling himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the essence of sales is marketing because you can be the greatest seller in the world, mm-hmm. but if nobody knows about you, mm-hmm. who are you really selling to? You mm-hmm. know, and that's where right. the, the, the marketing, marketing folks like you come in right. to where you identify that this man has a great product mm-hmm. and he can sell this product, right. but in order to amplify his, his vision, you know or amplify the product itself he needs that marketing and right. when you did that video with you with you guys i mean it was amazing that's where you, you really set the the set the bar up where like okay the next restaurant that comes into this plaza, <laughs> yo, y'all need to really do something else. Y'all going to jump out of the helicopter, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. So, yeah, so yeah. that's what it's all about at yeah. the end of the day is, you For know, sure. creating that, that value and also, you know, being able to um, assist with the experiences that you yeah. know, others are going to be feeling.
0: 100%, man. You know, just like, and you know, not making this about me at all, yeah. but like when you speak about that one video, right? The grand opening of that restaurant was ridiculous. I heard it was
1: chaotic. It was so many people. It was chaotic yeah. from
0: morning to night, and yeah. I mean that in a good way. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. And if I could share the numbers with you publicly, yeah. I would. Okay, just know the numbers are off the off the yeah. meat rack. It's insane. But the fact that all those people could come into this environment, right, and wait in these in long lines, we're talking about a brand new restaurant. Yeah, we're talking about systems have to be in play. You have new employees that have to learn how to communicate with each other, and there's so many different you know, levels to it on a grand opening day. You have all these people waiting these long lines patiently. Yep. Because they are that in love with the idea of eating this product, of finally getting to experience what they have been mentally craving online by by digital marketing. Yep. And the fact I was like, man, this is insane. Now not not one bad Yelp review, not one bad Google review, no complaints yeah, you know, of course, everybody wants their food, of course, but no one's in a bad mood. Yeah. everyone's like, "I'm here. I am finally here. This day is here. And the fact that marketing is to you know give credit for is insane to me. I'm just like, man, like it's amazing. It's like the Popeye's chicken effect that oh you my has, God, you know? yeah, yeah, So it's like here my sister,
1: she was like telling me, "Oh, you know, Chinaman is having this grand opening uh-huh. over by the stadium. I'm like, he bought the stadium now? Yeah, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he did tell me that. Because, uh, yes, mind you, he I tried to get Chinaman over to the shops at 19th Street. Okay. But Chinaman was like, look, man. I'm next to the stadium, uh-huh. you know? Like, I'm next to the stadium. Right, right. He, he, and he said it again. I I'm know. next to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I said, all right, uh, all right, bet. No problem, man. You know, more, much power to you, man. And I'm going to still continue coming in as a as a customer, but hopefully we can, you know, do some business together because I would love to have him as a tenant, mm-hmm. you know? So the, the the concept, just like to where you guys executed on that video and made people come out. As far as like, I don't know how far it wrapped around, but people were bought into the idea like, oh, this is big, mm-hmm. this is huge coming into Miami Gardens, mm-hmm. and that's what good marketing does. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let the let the salesman do his thing once he gets the customer, mm-hmm. but the pipeline to bring in the customer. That's where you come in. Right. You know? Thank, thank so, you, man. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: listen, this podcast is featuring Astro, not me, okay? So let's <laughs> stop talking about me. Very please. Much so It's all good, yes, man. Please, you know? Man. So, man, Astro, uh, quick quick uh, question for you. This is Thoughts Over Coffee. Yeah. We don't have any coffee right now. No no worries. I'm, I'm all coffee'd out for the day. Yeah. Um, if you can leave someone with a thought, what would it be? Someone who listening to this podcast and you know, there's many different stages of people who listen to this podcast, but I, I would like to say our prime demographic is someone who is looking to take their life to the next level. Uh, they're kind of tired of monotony and they want to elevate, right? So someone who has made that big jump in your own life and you're... You are in it. You are in the mud. You are pursuing what you want to do. You're you know saying? you're living a life that you always wanted to back then, right? Of course you have your dreams and passions. Absolutely. Whatever. But you're in it. What what's the thought for them?
1: Mm, that's a good question. And I, to answer that it'd be so multifaceted, but I think to keep it simple, change happens when you change your environment. Mm. The environment that you're currently in has stifled your growth. So, in order for you to grow, you need to change the environment you're in. By changing the environment, it doesn't mean that you chill with the same type of friends that you were chilling with mm-hmm. currently. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of hanging out with people that are productive in their lives, you know, or people that you aspire to be. Mm-hmm. So, in order to do that, you need to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You need to look around and say to yourself, okay, And it's crazy, you know, when they say um, the whole, whole, you know, your five closest friends um, around you can pretty much tell me who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. I agree with that, where, you know, the the type of people that you hang out with kind of that energy rubs on you. So what you need to do is, is that you need to say, okay, this is my goal. You know, this is where I want to be in life. This is the industry that I want to achieve my goal in. I need to start hanging around with these type of people. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, once you find those type of people, whether it's through meetup.com, eventbrite.com, or like, you know, asking friends and family like, "Hey, do you know anyone that's doing this?" or even searching through just Instagram itself, you know. Or
0: thoughts over coffee live. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, <laughs> good good point. Thank you. Um it's a matter of just trying to position yourself into where you can be in a different network where you can learn and you can also prosper because at the end of the day, you know, you want to bring value into it. So if you are changing that environment that you're in and, you know, you find a new network of folks that you're living in, the ideas is that you also want to bring value into it. So you, you might say, Hey, look, you know, I may, um, you need, you need these papers to be printed out. Let me do that for you. You know, Or, you know, you want me to um, answer a few phone calls for you? I'll do that for you. You know, you may not make as much money as you may think you want at the time, but it's not about the money right now. It's a matter of just like understanding and honing your skill. So you just have to kind of defer the money a bit and understand the skill so that you can be able to grow with that skill and achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Right. And
0: I think what people have to understand is with experience comes money absolutely if you have the experience in a craft experience in in a field people have to pay you for your knowledge of course that's only gained through experience you know like i have friends who have uh, one friend in particular i remember he was so upset you know he he went to school got his masters in uh in marketing and uh, he went on a job interview and he was sitting next to this lady and they were, you know, he was killing the interview, got to the last round. And he said, literally one lady just stood up and she said, uh, I've, I've worked for Apple for 10 years. Mm. Everything over. They're like, hired. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about experience. It's all about, I'm going to pay you for what you know, for what I know that you know. Like you've done it yeah. multiple times over. You are a proven subject. Sold. And yeah. that's what life is all about. Gaining the experience, so don't be so fast and so quick to to try to make the money up front. Because when you chase money, you you often push aside valuable experience that oh, does that looks broke. Yep, you know what I mean. So yeah, take yeah. the hit and keep it moving. Very much. Sure. So
1: I think uh you know I'm thinking about Napoleon Hill and and, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, he's a really great author. One of the greats. Yeah, mm-hmm. and thinking and grow rich actually highlighted a piece of what you were just saying and what I'm saying into where, and I'm not saying this for, I'm not saying exactly what he said, but I'm just like paraphrasing. The idea is, is that you want to leverage off of other people's experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you can get to your goal a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So if you are creating a business and you know, this business is to, you know, um, make shirts or something like that. And, you know, you're saying to yourself, okay, I want to make these shirts, but I also want to, you know, be able to sell these shirts, you know, to like the masses, you don't just like say, okay, let me, you know, make a shirt, you know, find a shirt online and then, you know, slap a label on it and then go on Instagram and sell it. No, what you want to do is, is that you want to talk to attorneys, you -hmm. know, about copyright infringement. The Mm -hmm. guys have been doing this for like 10, 15 years. You want to talk about you know, to people that who who are in the fabric business mm-hmm. for 10, 20 years, they can tell you so many different things. Mm-hmm. And you might just say, Oh, I'm looking to make millions and millions of dollars, but you gotta respect the process because these people that you're getting the information from, they're giving you jewels that's gonna be able to create those millions of dollars, mm-hmm. you know. So uh-huh. it's all about keeping your ears open and respecting the process, right. you know. And
0: multiplying that by twenty by reading. That's exactly time. what a book is. Yeah. If Say if that author is 55, 60, 75 years old. He took his whole entire life to learn what he learned to write in that book and wrote it down for you to read within a week. Hmm. Come on. That, come on. Pick it up. Pick it up. He, it took him his whole life to learn this and he's given it to you to learn in a week.
1: But not a lot of people see that way. People just like, I want it now. The instant gratification And it just doesn't happen that way. You gotta learn. You know, you gotta learn to earn. You know? Think.
0: It's about gaining weight and losing weight, right? You eat a Snickers bar, you are instantly happy. Yeah. You eat kale, you are instantly sad. (laughs) (laughs) But in two weeks, if you keep eating that kale, you will see the difference. Yeah. Snickers bar, you like, same thing, but immediately you're happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the gratification. It's great. Can you, you know,
1: Funny enough, with instant gratification, um, eating that snicker and eating that kale, it will kind of go back to the most important thing behind everything that we're talking about: habit. Mm. Habit. Mm. We are creatures of habit. Indeed. If your habit is off, and uh, you know you're going through the habit loop, uh, um, I, it was a book I read on the power of habit. Okay. And um, it was little, it was literally breaking down the 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 step-by-step process in which you know we go by habits so if we're if you're saying to yourself oh you know you want to lose weight and you know you haven't identified that habit to be able to create on a daily basis mm-hmm. you're not gonna lose weight you're mm-hmm. just not gonna lose weight you right. know you have to make sure that habit becomes solidified in your mind right so that now I'm replacing that bad habit of eating that Snicker right. and then going into it as, okay, I'm eating this kale because I know what's the the, the end result or I know what I'm going to gain out of this, mm-hmm. you know? So I know there is a reward. And that's what the beauty of habit is, is that there's the process and there's the reward, mm. you know? And most people, you know, when they think about life in general, they're consistently with bad habits and you got to change those habits in order to affect change, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where I'm kinda like recognizing and being more self aware of like my habits and trying to change those bad habits with good habits, just replacing it, you 100%. know. So,
0: so yeah. Well yeah, I guess that's the that is the ultimate uh defining line between you know who you are and who you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Very much so. One hundred percent. I yeah. agree with that. I like that yeah. thought. It was a long thought, but yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. You gotta get a venti from Starbucks Very for that one. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah man. man, Astro, man. Tell the people where they can find you, bro.
1: Um, I'm on Instagram uh, at Astro Boulevard. Doc, I mean, excuse me, Astro Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now you can hit me up, DM me, and I'm also on Facebook. You can easily Google me, Astro Lane, uh, Astro Josu. So, um, I'm always on uh, social media, and um, I'm always able to talk to future clients, and also people who just want to be able to just like learn more about real estate and commercial real estate. I know. We just like kind of like what surface on of this. Of course. But fortunately, you will be able to do more podcasts. Invite me over, man. Of and course. we can really go into the nooks and hey, crannies. Listen, are you, are you listen.
0: saying a thoughts over coffee live featuring Astro? Very much
1: so, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Listen, man. I, I get it done. All right, let's do it. Man. I'll get it done. Let's do it, <laughs> <laughs> Well, wow, man. All right, man. All right, yo. Thank you for listening. Of course, please follow Astro. Follow me on Instagram, C A S S 4 Q L. Uh, September 21st, Thoughts Over Coffee Live. If this podcast is out before that, please make sure you go get your tickets right away. Click the link in my bio. I'll actually put it in the description of this podcast. So they're free RCPs, uh, Thoughts Over Coffee Live, Trapping trapping Out the Kitchen, featuring Chef T. Will, uh, pastry chef Nadia, and my guy, Chef Boy Ali. Uh, We are giving you tips tricks and everything you need to know about starting from where you are using what you have to get what you want so get there get your RCPs before they close because they will close and don't call me if you don't get RCP because I promise you I won't answer but uh, thank you guys later peace blessings cheers